Insert coin. It's Geek Top 5. Yay! Player 1 and Player 2 start. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And five really cool things happened over the last little bit, and we've got the details on it for you right now. Number 5, and the fact that it's coming in at number 5 tells you what a great week it was, Civilization 6 is here. Yay! Yay. <laughs> it was released this past Friday, uh, and it uh, looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, Sid Meier's Civilization, originally released in 1991, it's the grandpappy of the 4X strategy game. Stands for Explore, Expand, Exploit, and Exterminate. It's become a whole genre just based around this one thing. Um, it plays like a board game, where each person takes turns, and each person's in charge of a historical civilization. America, Japan, Russia, what have you. Uh, everyone's in charge of their own civilization, and you go through the game essentially trying to progress in whatever way seems best to you. Do you build schools and invest in technology and science? Do you build temples and develop a religion and spread your culture? All these different ways to play the game and all the different ways you interact with these other civilizations and all the different ways to win. I mean, there's a peaceful solution, like become head of the United Nations and make peace with everybody way to win. Yeah. Diplomatic victory. That's the word I'm looking for. The, the cool thing is you start off in a, the Stone Age, right? So you have to build your way up. The United Nations doesn't come about until, you know, you're you're well into the game. Oh, yeah. This is a cor- over the course of you know, generations and generations. Yeah. This is the history of a civilization. The, the first things you research... The options are like pottery, archery, and animal husbandry, I think, are the first things. At the end of the game, you're researching the internet and spaceships. Yeah, and uh, each of the leaders uh, represent their nations, and and you get to interact with them. So, you know, you can be playing as Teddy Roosevelt, and you're talking with Gandhi or Cleopatra. You know, it doesn't, the, the, the timeline doesn't affect who the leader is, which adds, makes for some interesting interactions. Yeah, it's surprisingly fun. Yeah. Um, in any case, the new one's out. Um, to be fair, there's actually been... There was Civ Five was the big one, but since then there was also Beyond Earth, which didn't do too well. Now we're back into the main Civilization game, Civ Six. Plays a lot like the traditional games with some new changes. A lot of the big focus is on how cities work. In the old game, I, the way I describe it as a board game is pretty apt. You'd imagine the world divided up into sort of like a grid system. You, you'd build a city in this square and develop it in this square. Now it's more complicated than that. You might start a city in this square, but then your farms are going to go in this square, and this square might be like your marketplace, and that kind of thing. You have to put a lot more attention to detail in how your city is built, and in return you reap the rewards. And also, depending on what you have around you, affects how you develop. If you're in the middle of a desert, not going to be a big farming community. On the other hand, if you happen to be on the ocean, you're probably going to want to develop sailing and naval stuff. Lots of cool ways it affects the game. Uh, so it's getting great reviews so far. As Graham mentioned, another sort of another one of the big changes is that for the first time, George Washington isn't in charge of the states. It's Roosevelt instead, who's just so much funnier to look at. Yeah, he's great. Everyone loves Teddy Roosevelt. He's like this big bear of a man. Ah, I can't wait to, to see how he plays in the game. <laughs> That's enough for you to buy it just on its own. Pretty much, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's tricky. Like, the thing with Civilization games is they are... What's a polite word to say, like, cancerously addictive? Um, (laughs) Uh, They are a lot of fun. (laughs) They are a lot of fun and really hard to put down. Yeah, it's this constant thing where you're, you're saying, one more turn. And then you do something in that turn, and you exhaust your the moves or what you can do in that turn. And you're like, well, I, I just one more. I just got to finish this thing one more right. turn. It's like I've almost built the pyramids. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna do one more turn and build. And then the pyramids get built, and then you get the bonuses from having the. You're like, okay, I'm just gonna put these. I'm just gonna invest these bonuses in. And then it's like, you know, meanwhile your pregnant wife is in the other room. <laughs> By the time you finish the game. Not only is your wife not pregnant anymore, but your kid's on their way to college. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, you can play it for as long or as little as you want. You can speed things up. You can go through. And one of the, the things that adds to the replayability of it is there isn't really a distinct story for the game. The story is just that whatever you generate in your head, you know, you could end up starting a game next to Gandhi and you end up with this powerful rivalry with him. And then the next time you play, Gandhi could be at the other side of the, the earth, and you end up having a great diplomatic relationship with him, and you two ally and defeat everyone else. It's like, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
And that's especially poignant. Uh, the, the game does can be played multiplayer, but because of the, the time involved, that isn't so. It doesn't happen very often. Right. But, so a lot of times players are playing against the AI, and the AI personalities for these characters become something you're familiar with. Montezuma is kind of a jerk. <laughs> if you start near the Zulus, just... Is it Zulus or Aztecs? I think that's Aztecs. Shoot, Aztecs. If you start near them, it's like, well, okay, I'm probably going to have to develop my military a little. Because Montezuma is a jerk. Yeah, he'll get his revenge. Ugh. Ah, that's good. Um, (laughs) But so they develop these personalities. They're saying, like, in the new one, for instance, I think it's Queen Victoria has a thing where she doesn't like other nations that didn't start on the same continent she did. Hmm. As a historical reflection of sort of how the British Empire and what right. happened historically, and that, yeah. but yeah, so you like these characters that become your rivals, you really start to develop this thing with them. And it, it sounds like in this version of the game, this latest update, they've uh, given all of the leaders more unique abilities, so it adds to the personality of it. It's not just like one extra unit that that player gets; it's like a bunch of other things that that add nuance to it and make the personalities a bit more fine-tuned and unique. Yeah. So the previous versions of this, I mean, I've put thousands of hours into civilization games. There's I, there's no way I've played every possible permutation. There's so many different starting positions, so many different like, interactions. Only so many characters can be in a game at once. Only so many civs. In any case, like we said, it came out just this past Friday. It's available. I think Steam is probably the best way to get it, but it's available for PC. You can also get it on disc if you're one of them old-fashioned folks. Um, <laughs> please use responsibly. Civ is one of those games. Like My personal household rule is I don't start unless it's a Friday night and I have nothing to do that weekend because that means that nothing gets done, but I can usually get it finished by Sunday night, Monday morning, and then get back in with my real life. Without too much interruption. Because, man, that game is hard to put down. Yeah. So, number four on the list is uh, some big news that uh, came from Leonardo DiCaprio, of all people. He is going to be producing a movie based on the Captain Planet cartoon from the 90s. (laughs) Captain Planet and the Planeteers. And then the new adventures of the Planeteers. Right. I guess. Um... There are probably plenty of reasons to be excited about this. Graham? (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Well, it was a cheesy TV show from the 90s. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, it was was educational. It was a... Yeah, it, it was very much propaganda dressed up in a... Uh, a fun superhero cartoon show. It's all very pro environment, which is fine. It's it's all I'm all for the environment and and kids being taught that the pollution is bad and stuff. But it was it was two environmental PSAs what He-Man what and Transformers were to toy commercials, you know? Those shows were made to sell toys. This show was made to recycle or something what was you know? yeah, to, to make kids aware of yeah. those things the bad guys were all like you know the, the super villain plots were that like they were drilling too much yeah yeah so yeah that's how it starts actually like someone's drilling too much yeah and so they, the spirit of the earth makes magic Gaia, okay voiced by Whoopi goldberg in the first few seasons that's okay uh, so gynan gives these magic rings <laughs> gaia gaia not right. gynan <laughs> <laughs> gives these magic rings to these kids they're from all over the world. It's a very diverse cast. Right. So the the four classical elements. Yeah. Earth, um, wind, water, and fire. And then they needed a fifth kid. Yeah. Because I guess odd numbers are better. Or diversity and what was fives. The, what was the name of the fifth kid? I want to say Shakti, but that's not it. That's that's that's, that's the Schrodinger's Jedi. Um, <laughs> it was Mati. Mati. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who got the power of heart? Heart. Yeah. Everyone yeah. remembers heart. Yeah. So. They each could do different things with their powers. Uh, Earth, Kwame, who I believe was voiced by LeVar Burton, another Star yeah. Trek connection. He could make, you know, the Earth shoot up and he could shoot ground and stuff. And then there was, can't remember his name, Wheeler. He was from Brooklyn, New York, and he could shoot fire out of his ring. He was so cool. And, you know, there was the wind and, and water and they could cool, do cool stuff too. And then hard, he could, like, make people like each other and stuff. I mean, which could be useful when sure. he starts dating, but uh, <laughs> uh, but the important thing is that you know when the climax comes and you need the show to be more exciting than a bunch of dumb kids in the magic rings, 
that their powers combine and they become they become Captain Planet no. or the rings. The rings, like, like something about using their powers all together at the same time. All the power from the rings combine and make Captain Planet. So when Captain Planet's there, this is a little quirk of it. They didn't have any power anymore. The teens couldn't help them because he was their power combined. Right, and so Captain Planet is basically a blue-skinned Superman with and, a mullet. Yeah, with a mullet, and his weakness is pollution. Oh yeah, and that was a real, real problem. Anytime he got a little dirty, they had to come and bathe him like he was a duckling in an oil spill. I can't tell if you're joking. That I, I have distinct memories of that. Wow, <laughs> they had to wash Captain Planet off so that he could save them again. Uh, so it's, it was, I don't know, it, it had a very similar animation style to X-Men, which probably helped its appeal to me. Uh, it didn't affect me the same way X-Men or Batman did, but I did have a soft spot for it. I even had a couple of Captain Planet cartoons, or not cartoons, comic books. Fair enough. So DiCaprio wants to make a movie right. of this, um, and he's a big environmentalist guy, so right. I guess that makes sense. Would anyone go to watch this movie? Well, I think so. There was a recently, uh, uh, a few years ago anyway, they did a Funny or Die online web video where they had Don Cheadle play a sort of slightly unhinged Captain Planet. And there were like a series of videos of him in this full makeup with a bad mullet wig doing things that you wouldn't expect Captain Planet to do. Right, but that's... That's what makes it interesting. Well, that's the premise of this is that he's a washed up hero now who needs the kids more than they need him. And so there's a, I think there's going to be a little tongue in cheek, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to this whole thing where they realize it's a bit of a silly premise, but I'm sure there'll also be a, still a very positive environmental message. Other person who's attached to it right now, his name is Glenn Powell. He's best known as an actor. In fact, I, I, he didn't seem to have much in the way of writing credits. So it's interesting he's been hired to be the writer. He was in Expendables 3. He was uh, regular on the first season of Scream Queens. And he was uh, one of the, the cool kids in Everybody Wants Some, uh, a movie that came out last summer, I think. Anyway, it, that was a good movie, and he was very good in it. And I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm excited. I want to see more. And uh, so that's 50% of us, and that's uh, that's a pass. So we'll have to wait and see. You're um, telling me no percentage of you wants to see it. Not even a little. I didn't even... Wow. I don't. I didn't watch a single ep... Like, I, it was on, but I never bothered to watch a whole episode of it because it was lame. Oh, man. I'm, you're bullying me. I feel like I'm being bullied here. <laughs> well, let's leave that aside. We'll agree to disagree. Number three... Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. Man. Let's give a little history here. Zelda has been one of the franchise characters, uh, flagship characters of Nintendo since the earliest days. He's had games on every single... Well, the, the franchise has had games on every single system Nintendo's had. Pretty much. Uh, it's a, an interesting story. I mean, is there a continuing storyline in it? It depends who you ask. Okay. So there's a yeah. loose story. The main thing is that you play as Link, and generally he has to save Zelda, the princess. If you listen to the podcast, you know Zelda. Yeah. That's yeah, a very popular video game franchise. Everyone's eagerly awaiting the new game. But just recently, we sort of kind of now have access to a sort of new Zelda game. Uh, kind of out of the blue. This is all news to me, and this is just fascinating. So what this is, is some fans have released a translation of a Zelda game that we in the West never saw. Why wouldn't they release a Zelda game here in the West, you ask? Well, it's because this Zelda game was specially made for the Super Famicom... What is it? This is the Stella View? This is a satellite system. I remember reading about this in Nintendo Power Magazine. This was a satellite system where they broadcast games, and you would sort of... I guess today we would use the word streaming. You would stream these video games... To it play them. Sounds, oh, I guess it was just ridiculously ahead of its time, because I was reading about it, and it just sounded completely bizarre. It sounds bananas. Yeah. Um, and so what they did is they wrote this new Legend of Zelda game, sort of based on A Link to the Past, and for like four weeks, once a week, you would sort of stream an episode of this game and play it on your... And it was only available for an hour or something? Yeah, it's it's a mess. Um Long story short, there's a lot of good reasons why no one ever played it. It was a hell of an experiment. It did not catch on, obviously. Yeah. But there's this Zelda game out there that no one ever played. So a bunch of fans managed to get their hands on just like the raw data of this thing, and they've rebuilt it and translated it into English and French and German, and it's available for download, and you can play it. This is The Legend of Zelda, The Ancient Stone Tablets. Actually, there's no the there. It's just Legend of Zelda, Ancient Stone Tablets, which is a weird thing as a translation. <laughs> 
essentially what this is, you can think of this as sort of a Master Quest game. Um, Zelda fans are familiar with this. A lot of the more recent Zelda games, you play through them, you beat it, great. You can now play the Master Quest. It's the same sort of overworld. Like, the villages are in the same place, the characters are there. But when you get to the actual dungeons to explore, to solve the puzzles and fight the boss, all different, way harder. Hmm. This is the same thing, sort of, for Link to the Past, but it also has an original story. It It is set as a sequel to the Link to the Past, one of the fa- most famous Legend of Zelda games of all time. Yeah, that was the one that came out on the Super Nintendo. That's right. It's got some fun tweaks to it. Where, for instance, this satellite system, you sort of had one character that you created for it that played in these other games. So in this game, you don't play as Link. You play as your character who's come to the world of Hyrule. So is it like on the Wii systems, you could make yourself in the game? Was this, and it was called a me, was this like a proto-me? As as far as I can tell, you just picked either the male character or the female character, and that was it. Um, but yeah, it's a thing of putting you in the game instead of the character. As a note, one of the you know the patches to make this work, you can replace that character with like the Link model, just because right. make it a more reasonable Zelda game. But it's like <laughs> so your character shows up six years after a Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past and has another adventure in that world with new dungeons and new stuff to do. Hmm. This sounds really wild to me because I mean again. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, um, it's considered one of the best video games ever made, and certainly one of the best Zeldas ever made. A lot of people grew up with this as the Zelda game, and a lot of people have gone back to it. It's kind of cool nowadays not to like new things, but to like the original thing, that sort of a thing. Those people also really <laughs> like A Link to the Past. So having a new version of it to play is great. A whole new adventure? Awesome. Put together by the fans? Good on you, fans. That sounds great. Is this legal? I have no idea. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now, Nintendo has sort of a weird history with fan projects. Like, we were talking about earlier, they, someone released a sort of a fan up-res of an old Metroid game, and Nintendo sort of let it get out there and then shut it down. They said, that's our IP. That's our intellectual property. You can't do that. This is such a weird gray area because, a lot, like, with the exception of the translated language, it is an original Nintendo product, but they're not going to be making any money off of it because it's hmm. these people are offering it up for a free download. But it's certainly not available to buy, so it's not like it's pirated, or is it? It's such a weird gray area. Yeah, um, I, I can't figure it out. I imagine Nintendo probably can't figure it out either. You would think they would lawyer up and and send out letters just on principle. I mean, it is their license. It's their characters. They're making new Zelda games, as I'm sure we'll talk about briefly. But uh, I don't know. Maybe this will be one of those instances where the corporation is willing to let things slide and just let it play out. Or sort of turn a blind eye. But it's tricky, because that's that's not how copyright and trademark law works. It's like, you are obligated to protect it, Yeah, because otherwise you set a precedent that it's okay for other people to do whatever they want with your stuff. So this is this was a, uh, made the news a few days ago, and as far as I could tell, the links were still up. They, they're it's still available, right? Yeah, the Metroid game we talked about. It was I think it had twenty four hours before they shut it down with a cease and desist. This one's still there, so and it's not like it's hiding. Like this made big news. This isn't just uh, some Geek Top Five exclusive. This was was on a lot of the big it's sites. A new Zelda game, yeah, ish, yeah. But uh, it's I mean they certainly haven't endorsed it either. It's weird. Um, if you're a Zelda fan, I'm going to recommend absolutely download it. I'm sure it's a blast, but also, I don't know how long you're going to be able to download it. So if you're into it, go and grab it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to do it yet, but I know Link to the Past was tremendous. This can't be any less. Okay, so number two on the list, this was, uh, there was a, a bunch of interesting news that all seemed to come out at the same time this this past yeah. week. Any other week, this would have been number one. Yeah. So, Logan, the the third Wolverine movie, uh, the, in a span of a week, we got new pictures, we got the official title, and we got our first trailer. And and the trailer is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it was really cool. And, I, I, I mean, so what do we see in the trailer? Yeah. What we're seeing in the trailer is a movie based on the Old Man Logan comic book run. But is it... It, it certainly is based on it. Like, that's what we're looking at. We see the like, sort of the wasteland. We see the bad future. We see the depressed Wolverine. Yeah. 
certainly there's a lot of things different. Um, Old Man Logan ran from, what was it, 2008. Yeah, the, the original was by Mark Millar, or Mark Miller, depending on who you ask, and Steve McNiven, a good Canadian boy, comic book artist, does some of the best art in the business. Beautiful looking comic book. Uh, great storyline where uh, Wolverine is much older. He was tricked into doing something despicable in the past and vowed never to pop his claws again. He is uh, getting... It's kind of post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Like it's... All the heroes are, are dead or missing and the villains have taken over. Yeah. And uh, they're in a territory controlled by the Incredible Hulk and they've got to pay like protection money to him. And he's, he's not a good guy anymore. He's not a good guy. Uh and so Hawkeye, who's now blind, shows up in the Spider-Man dune buggy and invites Wolverine to help him on a mission, and he who gives him some money. Who doesn't like to be called Wolverine anymore, because no. he's got this complex, Yeah, he's got this horrible past we don't know about. So it's, it becomes this cool road trip movie where they go through the barren wasteland of the United States uh, to, to fulfill this mission. They run into all sorts of things like dinosaurs that have venom symbiotes and uh oh yeah that was cool (laughs) (laughs) and you know inbred hulk monsters and all sorts of crazy stuff and it's it's just every issue there's some jaw-dropping moment of geek wonderness that seems to be what this movie is about except it doesn't have hawkeye wolverine doesn't seem to have any problems popping his claws he doesn't have a family he's Maybe going on a road trip with a, uh, an Alzheimer's riddled Professor Xavier, who I'm not convinced isn't a hallucination. That's my theory. He's a hallucination. Oh, mm. that's cool. Yeah, I, but yeah. I, I, have, I don't have much evidence to base that on. Yeah, um, but yeah, but it's it's definitely like Logan later in life, and things look real bad. Yeah, he can't. He's not healing. There's a shot where he doesn't have his shirt on. And there's scars on his back to indicate his healing power isn't working as well as it used to. So it looks cool. The other uh, thing in it is that there's this girl who Wolverine has to protect and he's, you know, teamed up with. And there seems to be a lot of evidence pointing to the fact that this is X-23. I can't believe that was even a question. We had a weird back and forth because of course it's (laughs) X-23. So X-23 was a female clone of Wolverine. She's uh, she's like the X-23 because she's like the 23rd one, I think the first successful one. She's, she's Girlverine. Yeah. I mean, which is doing her a huge injustice, Definitely. but that's the quickest way to sum it up. She, uh, I believe, was first introduced in uh, the X-Men Evolution cartoon and then was brought into the comic books and the NYX uh, series that didn't last very long. But she's, she's very different from... Wolverine and that she was grown in a lab and was used as an assassin. And so there's this, once she's freed, you know, Wolverine is sort of a father figure, but he's a little freaked out by her. Anyway, that doesn't seem to be the case in the movie at all. Yeah, she's which, a little girl. Yeah, which is what threw me uh, as far as it being her. Like, she never pops claws or anything. Yeah, but, well, we see her fighting, and we have so, the line from Patrick Stewart where, she's very much like you. Yes. Like, come on. It, it's not Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it's pretty clear who it is, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, and we know that there are other characters in the movie who are tied into X-23's background. Like, it's, there's a mountain of evidence. Yeah, uh, there's there have been lots of people saying that uh, Mr. Sinister is uh, going to be involved. Mm. Uh, there was lots of hints to that in the last X-Men movie. The End of Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of the directors have said as much, although that w- that was said well before the movie got into development. Speaking of which, it's going to be directed by James Mangold, who directed the last one, the sort of Japan-set Wolverine movie, which was pretty good. That was the good one. Yeah, but this one... I think it looks even better than that. It's got... It just... Ah, it looks so... It looks really beautiful. It's got interesting... I don't know. Everything it's, about it looks it's good. It's got a really powerful vibe that yeah. you don't... You know, when you picture an, a trailer for an X-Men movie, it's kind of kiddy, and there's lots of, like, crazy superna- supernatural, like, you know, mutant powers going off. This trailer, like, it, it, I could see it being a movie not in the X-Men universe, just being, like, a dark, sort of Wild West-themed... Yeah, you know, co- anime-influenced. Sort of coming-of-age, you know, and, a, you know, and what's the, oh, what lies in the hearts of man kind yeah. of movie. It's a really powerful trailer. I hope the movie reflects that aesthetic. yeah. It's supposed to be the last time Hugh Jackman will be playing uh, Wolverine, so that's uh, that's big news as well. We'll see yeah. if that. Now he has said true. that before. Yeah, 
It might be the last time we see Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier, although, you know, that has... Yeah. The fact that they had to give Patrick Stewart makeup to make him look older... Yeah. That <laughs> He's got to be some kind of robot. He's uh, he's an impressive man. I don't know what to tell you. He's, he's... an impressive man in every sense of the word. But uh, I, I've, yeah, if you had to bring one other X-Men character, and I'm glad it, was, glad it was him, has there ever been a better match between an actor and a fictional character than Patrick Stewart and Charles Xavier? Probably not. Probably not. Logan, uh, it's coming out in March. I'm sure we'll get uh, the, the hype machine train will be running. Oh yeah, we'll hear more about it soon. So let's move on to number one. N- number one. Holy cow, man! The <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Listen, I am bullish on new hardware. When Microsoft said they were making an Xbox, I said, Microsoft can't make consoles. When Nintendo announced the Wii, I said, that doesn't make any sense. I'm a hard sell. The trailer for the Nintendo Switch, I was so excited, I think I pooped twice. (laughs) What is the Nintendo Switch, you're asking? Because you're a weirdo and you didn't watch a trailer. (laughs) So they show this trailer. There's a guy sitting. He's playing Zelda game on his TV. He's holding the little controller. His dog wants to go for a walk. So he gets up. And he sort of takes apart the controller as he's holding a piece of it in each hand. He puts it around, you know, what what my parents would call the Nintendo. Yeah, the console. Yeah. What looks like the console. And he just picks it up. And now... But not only does he pick it up, he picks it out. Like, he pulls the screen out of the console. Yeah, what it is is the console is a dock that connects it to the TV. Now, oh, now that he's going out, he's just attached the controllers to the side of it. Now it kind of looks like he's holding a little iPad, but with a Nintendo controllers on its side. And he just keeps playing his game. So he now goes outside with this exact same console, still playing his Nintendo, and over the course of this like sort of six-minute adventure, I think it was only three minutes. It felt like six, but it, it was I watched. Three. Listen, I watched it a few times. <laughs> it added up. Um, we see all kinds of cool stuff. We see like the like just using the what was one controller, but is now two. One person uses one half, and one person uses the other, and they're playing Mario Kart against each other. That blew my mind. That's fantastic. It's seriously. I, I don't think we have explained it clearly enough. You have two halves of a controller holding the screen, and then you put it down, and mm-hmm. what was once one controller, you flip them on the side, and now two people can use the right, one controller to do two different things. Because Mind each blown. one has a stick and some face buttons on it. Just, it boggles my mind. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool. And they, they take it back inside, plug it back into a TV, put it back together into a regular controller. It, uh, you know, set it down you know, on the tray table in an airplane. You just fold it up. You play it like that. It's what they've done is they've amalgamated... The handheld Nintendo gaming with console Nintendo gaming. They've made it one machine. Yeah. And if it works as seamlessly as it does in that trailer, it's phenomenal. This thing addresses every complaint people have had about Nintendo. Um, you know, the problems with couch co-op. It's like either you can get everyone together and play a game at your house, but you can't play it online. Or you can only play it online and everyone has to have their own system. Now that doesn't matter. Because you can just pick it up and take it to your friend's house. Yeah. Or you can split screen and just split up the controllers. But, I mean, yeah. this is, I think, an important thing. Uh, there hasn't been, in my opinion, enough attention given to playing uh, video games in the same room with your friends as it used to be. Yeah. That, was, that still remains the coolest way to play video yeah. games. It's almost impossible these days. We used to get together at each other's houses with uh, and one Nintendo 64, one TV, and four controllers. And four of us would play games against each other. Nowadays... You're, you're lucky if you can get two people on one console, even though the consoles are more powerful than ever and TVs are bigger than ever. But if you want to play with more people, everyone needs their own TV, their own console, their own controller. It's agonizing, and it's really put a damper into the playing together in the same yeah. room. Problem solved. Problem solved. Now, just pick it up, sit down next to your buddy. Yeah. Which is great. Other stuff they've solved. Like Nintendo has always had a history of having a bad relationship with third-party developers. I mean... They, um... They, like, they, they've tended to develop their own games and do their own weird stuff and no one else can get in on it. They have released a list of third-party developers that is as long as my arm. They have People who have already announced that they're on board, Activision, which you know, makes everything these days, yeah. the parent company of Blizzard, that kind of thing. Atlas, Bethesda, the Skyrim, Fallout. We actually see someone playing Skyrim on this thing Although they the trailer. Although they haven't said that that's actually going to no be possible. No one's confirmed anything, yeah. but they showed it there. Capcom is a Street Fighter guys, Electronic Arts. Who do the, all the sports games. All the sports games. 
the I mean, heck, they're the parent company of Bioware, who make the Mass Effect games in the Old Republic. Um, even the little ones, Telltale Games, who make those adventures, like the Walking so Dead games. All these people have come out and said, yeah, we love this thing, we're on board. Now, part of the reason that this is such a big thing is because what Nintendo's been doing for the last however many years now is they, they I guess, decided that they couldn't compete with hardcore gaming systems like the PlayStation or the Xbox. So they started going into more casual gaming, which meant, you know, simpler graphics and easier controls, but it also meant that their stuff was unique. And so it was hard to build a game that could be played on the PlayStation and the Wii, you know? Or, so all the games had to be made specifically for those systems. Now with this, while it does have a lot of unique features that blow all the other systems out of the water, it is still similar enough that these people can make games for all three systems. Exactly. So if you're playing COD, or sorry, if you're playing Call of Duty, and you can play it here if you want. And this is a really interesting thing to me. Nintendo dominates the handheld market. Nobody has a PlayStation Vita. I, but I literally didn't know that PlayStation Vita was still... <laughs> still existed. Still, yeah. But there's Nintendo 3DSs are everywhere for Pokemans and all that jazz. Now, people are going to get this Nintendo Switch to be the latest, and they're going to handheld game on that. And when they come home, they're already going to have the console. So why buy Call of Duty? Why buy a PlayStation for Call yeah. of Duty? I'll just buy it for the Nintendo Switch I already own. Yeah. And really, they're definitely taking a look at that. Like, what that situation you described has sort of unfairly pigeonholed Nintendo as, like, games for kids. Right. There are no kids in the trailer for this. All the people playing with this thing, I've, I've heard the term used as sort of the leisure class, Gen Xers and Millennials. <laughs> They're all like 20-year-old, 30-year-olds in these nice apartments and yeah. like, with a lifestyle that they fit this Nintendo into. They're clearly marketing this, let's, let's face it, to people our age. Mm-hmm. To people, you know, people who, have, you know, who have matured. Now, don't get me wrong, these people are going to be buying these things for their kids. Because their kids are going to go nuts over it. Right. But there's going to be a ton of stuff on here. I want to play that Zelda game. I want to play Skyrim on the bus. That's, there's, the possibilities are endless, and I'm just I'm tripping over myself. Now, to be fair, a lot of stuff we don't know about it. We don't know how much it's going to cost. We don't know exactly how powerful it is. We don't know if that thing is a touchscreen. If it's a touchscreen, how does that affect its battery life? What's the battery life on it? If it's portable, how long can I use it without having it plugged in? All kinds of questions, and Nintendo's response has pretty much been, it's not out for another few months. We're going to be talking about it. We'll be releasing the details as it comes. Right now, they are just stewing in their hype. Yeah. And just so far, the reaction is... like They got exactly the reaction they wanted. So I have one question about it. I'm super excited. It's the first time I've been excited about a Nintendo product in right? a long time. Yeah. Not to put Nintendo down at all. I just It hasn't been... Whatever they put out hasn't been enough to grab my attention or pull me back into that system. This might do it, but I do have a couple of questions. You know, when you make a movie or a a TV show or something for YouTube, it it has to, you have to be able to make everything out on a phone. If this is going to be the size of a tablet, but it can also transfer to a TV screen, what, what, I I don't know, that, that concerns me a little bit. Like, what sort of detail are we looking at here? Yeah, what you're describing is like, what, if you design something for a screen that's the size of the palm of your hand, what happens when it shows up on a 40-inch TV? Are they or upscaling if, it? If you design something for a 40-inch TV, how is it going to look when you put it to a, a handheld size? You know, or if you're playing Skyrim on a TV screen, the text boxes don't have to be that big because you can read them in the corner of your screen. Right. But if you switch it to a handheld size, what's going to happen with those text boxes? I've got some questions about that, but it's hard to, to, to worry about that when what we've seen looks so cool. And that's what I'm saying, is that like there are a lot of questions around this, um, but their debut for this thing knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. What, no, I haven't put in my pre-order because of these questions. I want to see these things addressed first. You're right. I remember trying to read text on a screen that was too small. Yeah. So we'll see what they do, but so far, this thing looks phenomenal. Um, interesting choice not to release it in time for the holidays. Maybe they just hadn't finished it in time. March seems like a weird time to release it. Yeah. But I'm okay with that, though. If that means that they can work out all their kinks and, and have it ready, it gives me time to save up my Christmas money and uh, yeah, exactly. know, buy some stocks in case it's uh, more expensive than we think. Well, we'll have to see more as it comes. In any case, you've been listening to Geek Top 5, uh, now in beautiful high-fidelity monorail. Uh, so let us know if you like the sound of that. 
any case, we'll be right back with our special guest segments. Please stay tuned. Welcome to the second half of Geek Top 5. This week, we've got another one of our patented roundtables. We've totally thrown the top five out the window as there's like 80 people in here. <laughs> uh, but we're going to have a roundtable discussion about the excellent multi-million unit selling video game, <laughs> Destiny, of which I know nothing. <laughs> That's kind of fair. We talked about Destiny earlier with the release of Rise of Iron, but we sort of gave it a short shrift. There's only so much time. Uh, the fact of the matter is, this game means a lot to a lot of people, and a lot of them play it together. So we've invited a full Destiny fire team to come tell us about it. Do you guys have like a cool team name or something? Oh, oh, the Fog, fog Machine. machine. <laughs> the Fog Machine. Okay, so who are the members of the Fog Machine? Yeah, I'm, I'm Frank. I play as a Titan because uh, Titans are the best. <laughs> Uh, cool. Uh, Steve or Shaggy, uh, returning guest. Thank you to have me back. Welcome, me. Introduce Geek Top Five alumni. I play the Warlocks, right? They're pretty good. They're, their punches have a bit of range on them, so there you go. It's nice. I'm Shaz. I am the team's hunter. Uh, I like my bow and arrows. So. Yeah, I'm James, I'm a Titan. They are the best, in fact. <laughs> I'm Eleanor, or Ellie. I play a Titan. And I am David Hall. I uh, play a Warlock, and also thank me because I am back for a second time as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm new to being a guest. <laughs> I think there will be about 50% less Gilmore Girls in this episode than there was. <laughs> no, no, they're coming, it's back. Gilmore Girls has come back to Netflix. Wait. It's a very obscure crossover <laughs> uh, between the science fiction mythical universe and popular television. That's fair. So, yeah. I mean, as far as the game goes, can you play it by yourself or do you have to have a group? You can, but it's a lot better with a group. Okay. Like you get things done a lot faster with a group. And than by yourself. There, there are some events that you can only do if you have people to play with. Right. So if you play solo, you'll get maybe like 80% of the game, but you won't be able to complete all of it. So is that how it came across? Like were you guys all playing solo and then just wanted to do this extra stuff? Right. That's a, that's, I mean, that's a legit question. I think I started uh, playing Destiny... Um, with like vanilla Destiny when you know it came out before it came out everybody was talking about this might be the biggest best game of all time it came out it was kind of a letdown for a lot of people I was trying to get people to play with me but nobody <laughs> wanted to play with me um, but then eventually you know the game progressed more DLC came out it became the game that I think people originally wanted and even when you look into the history of it that sort of actually the full game was when they added this DLC, then they made the full game they wanted to do. Um, and at that point, um, I guess most of us jumped on. And then we were still missing somebody. So Shaz went and how did we find this one over here? This one over here. I, I basically Facebook polled. I didn't know who was playing. Um, I should have just looked at my friends list, if I'm being honest, on Xbox. <laughs> but, but I... Yeah, I Facebook polled and I said, who's playing on Xbox One? Um, does anyone not have a fire team and want to play? And L popped up. And... Yeah, so I picked it up in April when the April patch came out. And I was playing mostly by myself because that's just what I like to do. And I realized I wanted to complete the game and I needed a fire team. And everybody else that I knew that was playing had been playing since day one or they've played since Taken King and... They've done all the raids, so there's no surprise. Like, I've done a raid with friends that I've that have done it, and it was kind of boring. Because they were just telling me what to do. So I, I wanted a fire team who's never done a raid, because that's where the excitement comes from. So, and she kind of put the bat signal, and I was like, <laughs> me! Pick me! <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal, because, I mean, obviously, you know, any game now, when it comes out online, there's going to be spoilers everywhere, but we really want to try and go in as fresh as possible. I mean... I don't think we wanted to spend, you know, 20 hours trying to figure out the puzzles, but we at least wanted to try it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of them took longer than others, but, uh, like, today actually is 
the first time the other five of us, well, no, Shaz and Jade, you, you guys, yeah, yeah, all yeah. before in person, but Shay, Frank, and I, this is the first time actually to actually see uh, Eleanor face to face. Yep. So how long has Team Fog Machine been together? Since April. April, just to... May, April, yeah, yeah, I guess around that yeah. time. Okay. Uh, the the big push for us was when the there's a a book in game called Moments of Triumph that has a list of things that is this is all the end game stuff for the second year of this, and we're looking through the list and we we're thinking we could complete a majority of this, so that's when we really kind of like put our butt in gear. Um, to actually do the raid. Yeah, we kind of wanted to do some achievement and hunting, and so it's like, yeah. yo, let's just beat everything in this game. And yeah. to do that, we <laughs> needed to do the raids. Which, I mean, the whole reason why I took Destiny in the very beginning was I wanted to experience... You know, everybody talks about, like, MMOs, and they're playing it, and they have this great time where it's, like, 40 people fighting a giant boss, but I never really liked those games because it was just a whole bunch of clicking, and I couldn't get on board with it, but I love... Uh, first-person shooters. So I was like, oh my god, if they're going to actually make a raid for me. <laughs> you know? And so let's do it. I was super, super amped and up about obviously it. obviously there's sites like the LFG sites that, um, you know, looking for groups or looking for players that you can find people to play online with if you really have no one to do the raid with. But there's always something nicer playing with friends, like people you know, people that you can get together with. Like, we still play in the same household. A bunch of the times that we do the raids and everything so it's just an- another level of personal fun mm. <laughs> so when you guys are talking about playing together that you keep using the word raids raids tell me about these raids how do these differ from just playing any first person shooter yeah um i guess well they're more inspired from something that you find in an mmo that it's not just a boss that you unload bullets at which you get in a lot of first-person shooters. It's something that requires everyone to complete very specific tasks around the boss fight. Um, so the term came from MMOs where you had a team, and it, the teams in an MMO would be comprised of like a healer, a tank, and someone that does damage, uh, or a group of people that do damage. Whereas with Destiny, they sort of split up the roles a little bit, where instead it's you have this group, and then this group splits up and has... Three of them have to do one task, three of them have to do another task, and you sort of meet back together. So it's it's more of a complex puzzle as opposed to a... Yeah, I think puzzling is a big... It's puzzling and shooting at the same time. So it's like you're coming up with trying to solve things in a fluid manner Mm -hmm. while you're jumping around and shooting people in the face. For us, it actually got to the point that it became choreography, like dance. Because we knew our roles cold by the end of every fight. We had to be at the right place at the right time, make the right calls... And it became like mechanical after a while that we were just like, all right, I got to be here during that. And it's just like, you know, you're listening to the beats, you know, the sound of Oryx and you're like, I should be over there now, you know? So it was really re- engaging. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of communication that goes on. I mean, we're all on headsets and we're talking over each other, but we know what to be listening for, right? To yeah. execute, like uh, Shaggy was saying, just like a very precise routine. Of where to point. The closest your thing guns. I can relate it to is if you've ever done something like an escape room, it's kind of a similar experience to an escape room where it's you and a bunch of people all trying to accomplish this same goal and you might have to be doing different things. And it's communication is key. I have a quick question for Jesse here. Uh, <laughs> right now, I believe you're a bit uh, fire team less, as it were. <laughs> is, uh, is the camaraderie in fire team here? Is it. Uh, I'm very jealous. Very yes. Jealous. <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out, of <laughs> just so everyone is aware of my personal shame. Maybe this could be your. It's a shame FTG. because he was he was part of our right. Mass Effect multiplayer right. fire mm. team. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, unfortunately, we live in a world of competing consoles. Um, and I got Destiny on the PlayStation 4, like a proper Destiny fan. It's where all the content is. And these uh, these uh, these folks all playing are on playing on the Xbox One. These are X Bone heads. So unfortunately, there's no cross console on that. So I am a lone gunman. So there's there's six of you in this fire team. Is that the maximum? Is that the minimum? I mean, how how does the the size work? Yes, James. How does the size work? Yeah, six six is the maximum. We've tried with five; it does not work. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried a few times. Yeah, it's kind of the max. Sure. It's the maximum that you can take, but it's pretty much the minimum in certain areas mm-hmm. of the raid because mm-hmm. you can't 
do certain areas without... I have tried Vault of Glass with three people. I managed to get two other people. We didn't get all the way through. Mm -hmm. Almost got to Atheon, but it's it's possible. Yes. Yeah. A six is much yeah. better. I was going to say, let me put it this way. There are some freaky people who are far too either good or play too much that they can do some amazing things in Destiny yeah. and, and like do it by themselves pretty much. There's some but... very interesting videos of people beating like the hardest raid yeah. boss by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> people beating most of the hardest raid with two people. Yeah. It's But I think but normally when they're doing that yeah. they're they're looking not, for exploits. They're exactly. They're it's doing almost exploits. like a speed run at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you want to play it how I guess the creator sort of intended a, a, a regular person to play it, then it helps to go in with with a team of six. And I think they also tried to make it in a way where each of the classes are sort of useful, but at the same time, I mean, people find out what works in certain areas. Yeah. A lot of time I felt that the Warlocks didn't have abilities that were very beneficial to the team, just because... Uh, Titans are better. Titans have, like, <laughs> Titans have bubbles that like protect people so we can all get protected, but meanwhile the Warlocks are like, we die and come back and be like, save ourselves. You know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, so there were times, there were actually times when I'm like, we're playing as a team and we're losing and I'm like, oh, like kind of like, I wish I had something to, to contribute a bit more. Man, Warlocks contribute Nova Bombs. That's yeah. what Warlocks or do. Or electric fingers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Or Sith Lightning. Before, yeah. Right. So yeah, so there's obviously reasons to have them, but, uh, but it is interesting to actually have those there's class differences and that it helps like there's certain things that make it easier if you have certain classes or not you know like mad jumps yep <laughs> <laughs> yes. the extra jump yeah, yeah. So, and the tether man that tether comes in so handy against that sword dude so, so what's the tether are we sure <laughs> uh, it's the hunter's void class that you have a bow and arrow and when you shoot either an enemy or around the area that an enemy is in, it tangles the target and anything that's around it and kind of zaps at them a little mm. bit. And if you kill any of the things that are in the tether, you can create a fiesta of super orbs <laughs> for your team, which loads up all of your team's supers really quickly. And like, But the tether is really satisfying too, especially with, I forget the sword dude's name, but like characters who like to like hit you and leave the scene for a bit... And you're just like, nope, you're staying here. You pull him back down. Yeah. And then we pull out the lightning. Yeah. And it's a really good combo. It's like kind of Ghostbusters. It's just like catch him and zap him. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounded, I, I didn't actually keep track, but it sounded like there were two of each class. Mm. No? The, the Titans are our majority. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm counting three Titans, two Warlocks, one Hunter. Yeah. So did that just happen by accident? People just picked whatever they wanted? Yes. What would have happened yeah. if everyone were Titans? Good question. Oh, we would have hammers. We would be way easier. We would be way easier. So see here, I'm hearing from one side it would be easier, I'm hearing from the other side we would lose. Because our resident Titan is a troll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it would not be easier. Your jumps alone are proof that it would not be easier. So, and then within each, those are classes? Yep. Yes. And then within each of those, you can specialize in different ways? Yes. yes. Okay. How do you decide that? It's situational. Yes. You can change it at will. Oh, like, okay. with, with the Warlocks, we have one where it's like, oh, a super orb bomb, awesome. But then the other one is like, I'm just powerful for a long time and throw grenades forever, which I didn't think would become my favorite, and now I love it for some <laughs> reason. I just have infinite grenades for like a good 20 seconds. And then the other one is Emperor all the time, which is great too. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why I started playing Destiny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so you can finally play as your hero. Yeah. When you trigger it, you go, Well, it's the, the thing with the, that's the Warlock Stormcaller ability where he shoots the lightning out of his fingers and he flies. And the thing is, it doesn't actually start up unless you shout unlimited power really <laughs> loud. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. It's that's, honestly the worst in, in PvP because you think you're far enough away that you're like, he won't touch me. And all of a sudden, one strand of that lightning gets you, and you're like, no! So how does the P player versus player work? Like, most of this time, you're working together against yeah. computers, right? Mm -hmm. Is the player versus player, is that part of the story, or is it just, like, for fun? There's well, a story thing that is... they put into it, but it's very weak. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, they're practice fighting. Yeah, But we can, um, <laughs> the, the thing about PvP, obviously, you can play all, you know, all by yourself, but uh, the teams is uh, six on six. So... Okay. 
the fire team can go in, so the six of us can play all at once on a team against other people. Um, in certain modes. We don't normally do it too much. Yeah, in certain modes. We don't normally do it too much because uh, normally if the six of us are together, we'll do a raid. I know we keep on going back to raids, mm-hmm. but, but sometimes it's fun to just go in and try and... Yeah, but I mean, you you have other teams of six people that mostly do like PvP multiplayer too. Yeah, but it's also great because sometimes you get awful, awful bounties and missions like get six kills with a pan cannon. And you're like, I just need my friends to weaken everyone for me so I can get the final shots. <laughs> and like, situations like that is great to have your fire team in multiplayer. <laughs> so I mean, it sounds like like we haven't heard much about the story. Is the story well, in the game? It's kind of notorious <laughs> that the story of Destiny was completely abolished when they first released it they've slowly brought more of the story that they that a lot of the writers and developers said that they wanted to have in the game that just never made it in um you collect things like as you collect things you get these grimoire cards that you can read up on the history of the game and the universe of the game online and it's actually crazy like how much there is to this game and it's a shame that there's like either not yeah. a novelization or like mm, some yeah. form of animation of it. Like it's a shame that it's just in these cards to learn. And these cards are just separate. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind the, of surprises me because yeah. yeah. I know like Bungie or um, just like Halo got you know animations, short movies, TV novels. series, novels, <laughs> comics, uh-huh. and you imagine you know Activision how much money they put oh, into yeah. this. They could have been like, here's a little book. Yeah, I mean, as far <laughs> as like presentation goes, it's kind of similar to. The way that the Souls games work, where you're reading an item description that has this little piece of a story that links back to the larger universe, that you can kind of, like, there's sort of two approaches to it, where if you don't care about the story, you can just play this game for as long as you want, and it's not going to bother you at all. Mm. And if you really, really want to go to the other extreme and read everything up, uh, every, every item description that's in the game, you can go to that extreme and get the most out of the universe so where where do each of you fall on that spectrum? Do you want to start, Jess? Uh, sure. I, in my case, I'm I'm a lore fiend. I know just about everything. <laughs> I know the name of the individual Cabal legions and where they're stationed. Um, I know how the hive started and where they were at the beginning. I, I I'm that guy who went and read all those grimoire cards, right. and then I found the name of the guy who wrote some of the material and read his short stories that he wrote outside the universe, wow. and then read his novel, which is actually right. really good. Right. Nothing to do with Destiny, but yeah. So I'm I'm the freak. And does that help you when you're like <laughs> murdering said species to be like, I remember your father. <laughs> <laughs> find it adds a lot to the game for me. Uh, when we were running Vault, which is one of the raids, the first time we did it, the, uh, there's a part where you find a shield, essentially. And the people I was playing with were, oh, this is a shield. I said, oh, that's Kabir's Aegis. That's really cool. <laughs> it is really cool. And, yeah. and, yeah. It up. Yeah. and the other two players said, what? <laughs> I really like the, the world building around it. And I'm that guy. I'm the guy who read all like the Silmarillion to get all the world building for Tolkien. So the world building for me in this... So you're the one guy who likes all the Hobbit movies. <laughs> Even I'm not going that way. That's uh, I like Tolkien, so I wasn't a big fan of the Hobbit movies. No, so I'm crazy lore guy, so that's that extreme. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm not that far in the extreme, but I'm more on the lore building side where, you know, I'll get some, some exotic gun and I'll be like, oh... This sounds kind of interesting, and I'll look it up, and I'll be like, oh, this there's a neat backstory behind this machine gun that is supposed to talk to you. Yeah. Weird. And um, Frank likes to tell us about it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we don't need to read it. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> um, I couldn't tell you why anything happens in this series. All I know is Russia, giant white ball... And lots of angry aliens. <laughs> and Nathan Fillion. So that's about all I got. That's fair. Fair, that sounds like all you need. Get me on board. I'm probably somewhere in the middle leading more towards I want the lore. I want to know more and pretty much everything about it. Like, even down to the point that, like, the characters you are, they wrote in a, a reason for why you die and revive constantly. Like, the Guardians are dead. Like, and you're being reanimated and stuff. And, like, I want to know more of that stuff. And I wish that they had more cross-medium anything, really, other than the Grimoire cards. Because I will go read them eventually. But it's like, 
give me more of your universe. That sounds it. more like my style of lore, where I'm like, I'm happy to get it. And it's like, one of these days, I'll read all of these things. <laughs> and that day it's never just, comes. Because, <laughs> because it's separated, like, it's it's such a passive thing that, like, every time you pick something up, it's like, you got Grimoire number blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, I'll remember to go check that out whenever, like, unless you want to stop and pull it up immediately and read it there. Mm. But... James? <laughs> I know nothing. Uh, I couldn't tell you the name of my guns. Uh, <laughs> I don't like leveling up. Uh, I actually had some people here do that for me. Um, I like just, just shooting. But I, I do like the puzzle aspect of the game, and, and I do appreciate the story and the work that they put into it, but I'm not there for that. I'm, I'm there to shoot things. Um, I'm in the middle of just... I always just played a game, Take the story after. So I would like to replay it, and I'm like, oh, so this is why this is happening. I'm more, like, focused on, like, just shoot everything. Just mm. get, the, get the game done, and just go back to it. And that's what I, pretty much what I've been doing, is just, like, you know, like, we did the raids, why did this happen? So it's almost like going to school. <laughs> why do we raid? <laughs> why, why do we do this? So I'm, like, backwards, I guess. <laughs> Dave? Yeah, I mean, for me, I really wish they had more of it in the game. They, they, I feel like uh, I was listening to the, all the chatter and there are a lot of spaces where I thought they could have really improved on, on telling the story. They didn't. At least I feel like the world was well thought out, though, which is good. Mm -hmm. But I don't really need to go in and... I think the problem is there's a lot of stuff to parse through. And I'd rather have somebody like Frank just like tell me about it afterwards. Like yeah. he can read all the essays, and then I can get the Coles notes. You know what I mean? And I'm totally happy with just be like, okay. Yeah, so somebody good. could put together a previously on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Last time on Destiny. Yeah, for sure. Synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Just give me the abridged, and I'll be happy. And what about you, Grim? Uh, I hear it's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so. I've got some, some nerd world questions about this game. It's about the music and how apparently Paul McCartney was involved in it. Does it sound like the Beatles? Is it like the Beatles playing <laughs> the soundtrack? Uh, no. Oh, the music uh, of the spheres. Don't get me started. But the the gotta, Cabal song. Yeah, kind of. you gotta. It's totally Beatles. You should yeah. go listen. You need to go listen That's to true. the Cabal theme song. It's, it's the so... worst, best song ever. Uh, like, so you're saying. so. I thought the, hearing Paul McCartney was involved, I was like, right. this music's probably amazing. But you're saying the music is amazing. Most of it is. Most of it is amazing. Like, a lot of it is, like, the Top typical notch. huge yeah. orchestral, yeah. like, build-ups and dramatic, and it's so good. I think yeah. the interesting thing is, like, at the very beginning, when you fire up the game, because it's just, like, console archaic, you have to always, like, press A to start and whatever, but... When you fire it up and you can walk away because Destiny's loading takes forever. Yep. Um, the opening music, like, it's just, like, burned into your mind. Like, I know if I walk away, I, like, hear, like, oh, Destiny's back. You know, like, it's yeah. happening. And it recently changed because the, the new DLC changed that opening. And I miss the old one. Like, it feels weird so you to miss, not have... So you miss which one, though? Oh, I miss the Taken King one. Yeah, okay, because the Taken... Yeah. So the, the Taken King didn't have McCartney at all in it. And I think that's a stronger soundtrack. So it's kind of like this sacrilege, like, I'm a giant music fan, and Paul McCartney not being involved in right. this kind of made it better. <laughs> Frank, Frank, hard to reconcile. Frank is about to do so much, he's recorded his own version. Oh, I do that about of, everything, though. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but you did it for this. That's intense. It is, like, just one note on the music. They do have nice, like, make you feel like a hero moment music yeah. cues. Like, there's yeah. a, there's a one fight in the Court of Oryx where... Once you get the the sword, the, sword. the yeah. song changes to like do do do, and you're like running up the stairs. Yeah. Like slow motion. It feels so good. Yeah, it's, it's from Crota's raid too. Yeah. It's the same thing that's against Thalnok, right? Yeah. 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 And, and they also did that with uh, the new like fire axe. It drops, and it's like now they're coming for you. Even like even the tone of the like the the difference in the DLCs, like the Taken King was so much like Oryx coming in and just like obliterating a whole bunch of stuff and the music was really ominous and like this dark, like you, this dude is coming to mess everybody up and you gotta work together for it and then Rise of Iron, because it's like this redemption story for the Iron Lords, it, the, the intro for that is so much more 
hopeful and mm-hmm. almost like nostalgia. Like it, it has this nostalgia, even though you didn't know anything about the Iron Lords originally. But like you had this like hope built up, and it was like, oh, there's the light. Like it's it's coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, the the darkness has been pushed back a little bit. But yeah, it's it. The soundtrack is amazing. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot. And that cracked to eleven when he called me an Iron Lord mm-hmm. or an Iron Lady. Actually, I mean, I, w- I only play. A, I only have my one male character. Are the female characters Iron Ladies? Yeah, yep. he calls you an Iron Lady, or everybody a little wolf. So the big part of Destiny is about the loot. It's about getting the new armor, getting the new guns. The coolest ones are the exotics. These are the super hard ones to get, and they tend to break the rules of the game in a way like to, to make you want to get this stuff. I mean, sometimes it seems like you need them to get through the raids, but I gotta ask, what are you using in terms of exotics, and why? I haven't landed on a weapon yet for uh, exotics, but I do like the armors, because they give you different abilities. Things like, right now I have a thing where it's like, oh, when you crouch, you walk just as fast. You're like, I really But there's also a lot of armors that give me, like, additional grenades, which, I, you know, within your own subclass, you can set yourself to have additional grenades. Or your armor gives you the additional grenade. Now you can pick something else. So like, oh, now I have extra burn, you know. So it's the armors get really kind of strategic, which what you want to use uh, on the scenario, and that's where the exotics get really kind of useful for me. Do I have any? Idea? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he uses a glass house and. Uh... Sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Thunderlord. He, he has the Mida too. The Mida and yeah, Thunderlord yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Uses it for the bubble. It's the glass house. It doesn't let you throw stones. <laughs> <laughs> It makes yeah. the bubble last longer, and it kind of looks like a glass house. If you it's a helmet it's that a looks really and geometric and cool. Yeah. And what's the bubble? Oh, the bubble is the thing that protects you. It's a force. Like it's a force. Or buffs you up. Or buffs you up. But then we have Nothing passes through the bubble. Mm. I like the black spindle, personally, because I am a sniper connoisseur. <laughs> so when I was told that one of the best weapons was a sniper rifle that would completely demolish bosses. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and I love it. So good. And so what does it do? Different from other sniper rifles. So aside from, I think it does more damage specifically if it you headshot it damage, and yeah. against the bosses, but um, if you crit hit all three of your shots, you don't have to reload and it just auto mm. gives I hate to be this guy, but what's a crit hit? Headshot. <laughs> a headshot, a basically. Headshot, yeah. but a crit, a crit, I know that one. My <laughs> sick boots... <laughs> are you wearing radiant dance machines no my bones of ao uh, that give me four jumps if yes, i have ooh. yeah yeah and that can None really, you can match my jumps really no. each class I mean, has different kinds of jumps for distance hunter's the best so in in the raids there are parts where all you have to do are, is platforming but oh sometimes God. now they're super easy because we've done it a bunch of times but in the beginning Watching everybody try to do these different jumps, Chaz can just like just yeah. like hop, skip, and like he's like ah, da, 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 da. Well, because there's one raid where every, where jumps were like randomly assigned to people, but then the final one, it's like you get to choose them, Chaz. Yeah. <laughs> I got accepted into a random online group like that because I said I would be the the one doing the jump at the end of the raid, and they were like. Please, yeah. on you go. <laughs> Please join. Nobody us. wants to jump. Yeah. No one wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And specifically, that's like time, like from platform to platform, that sort of thing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it's platform to platform, but the rest of the team has to create the platforms, and to do that, we have to stand on pillars. So it is very, very coordinated jumping. Yep. <laughs> All right. So what we've gathered from this is that you guys are really into this game. Before we go, any particularly strong memories? Anything that stands out, anything that when we talk about destiny, <laughs> you're all suddenly looking pensive. Who wants well, to take this one? Yeah. <laughs> you, you laugh first. I you know. No, no, it's, I'm laughing because I know what's to come. Alright, so, so we're doing, uh, we're doing the King's, the, Fall, right? King's Fall. The last raid. The last raid on hard mode, and we're all doing everything perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and this has literally uh, been uh, seven hours we yeah, were doing Seven this hours. We started at like 7.30 and it was now what? Like, it's like it one was. in the morning. Yeah. Which one isn't a morning. thing to be proud of because people have beaten the entire raid in seven hours. <laughs> but we were all pretty new to Destiny. So <laughs> I gotta say in the end I am proud of how we did it. Yeah. But like, yeah. And uh, we get to the very end and uh, there's a... a part where you have to 
right at the end, do a bunch of damage on the final boss. Just so shoot, you, just you destroy me. So this boss is huge. He's like massive. He's outside of the the arena. Yeah. And we've done. We explode bombs. He's falling down. Blah 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 blah. And then we get to this ending. Yeah. So um, basically, we're running forward, and I'm in front of everyone else because I'm faster. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and um so uh i'm aware that this part if you don't do enough damage you screw up so uh you die immediately yeah yeah so uh i use my special ability which uh creates a bubble that would cause anyone that walks through it to get extra damage uh but for some reason everyone else stopped running (laughs) And decided to try to shoot the boss from where they were standing, oh, which was on the other side of the yeah. boss. <laughs> further, look how he tries to speed up <laughs> us. So we're running. We all stopped to aim because he didn't tell us he was going to do the bubble. So we are all snipers, rocket launcher, what yeah, have you. Yeah, the boss, the boss jumps up for the last moment. Literally to shoot opens him. his chest, like his ribs, like bleh. Open up. We're all zoomed in, waiting, and all of a sudden our screens just go, <laughs> and it's blue, and we can't shoot through to hit the so, boss. So yeah, bullets just <laughs> into, the, into the bubble. We and then and then the boss just crushes us, and we're dead. And, and, was, and, and on, the, on the headset, I hear Shaz's controller clunk to the floor and stomp, 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 stomp away. And a good 15-20 minutes of silence. <laughs> so, Frank and James are with me. I sat for, yeah, like, for like 10 minutes. I was just dead silent. So which that, scares everyone more. None of us said I'm, anything. I was yeah. like... <laughs> no. okay. so does that mean you had to start it over again? Yes. yes. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Yep. And you, le- you let him stay in the group, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well I think we're about at time, but uh, that all, I really want to raid and I, so um, <laughs> I feel really bad. Yeah, do the LFG I, I have, but um, <laughs> I guess it's just not the same with yeah. a group of friends. In any case, thanks for coming out, guys. You've been listening to Geek Top 5. Uh, special thanks to our guests, special thanks to our crew, to Stella Simeonova and to Ben Sound. If you want to play Destiny with these guys, or maybe with me, or if you just have anything else you want to say, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we're actively soliciting some feedback. We want to hear how you like the show, we want to hear what you, we want to hear what you want to hear. So please, there's all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. Yeah, you can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We can be found at facebook.com slash geektop5. And we're on Twitter, at GeekTop5. And uh, you can also leave us a little review on iTunes. That would also be great. But, uh, that yeah, we definitely want to hear from you. Hear what sort of list you want to hear next. And uh, if there are any roundtables you want to hear. So let us know. All those things are things that cool people do. You've been listening to GeekTop5. We'll talk to you again soon.